Grog. Hey everyone, welcome to the Cider Shed Podcast. I'm Matthew Weir. I'm joined by Kerry Warbis on what is a Saturday morning. At the risk of making everyone else feel a little bit awkward, Kerry, could you throw me the tights and my bra, please? (laughs) 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 I make that sound because when Amy said, can you throw me my tights? There was a grunting sound from Chris as if the tights were either enormous or coated in something <laughs> uh, heavy, or <laughs> God knows. Or Chris was wearing them on his head. Yeah, or actually just wearing them. Maybe they didn't have sex at all, and he just asked if he could try on her clothing. The cut was weird, wasn't it? Going from Rex and Amy in the pub Yep. to Amy and Chris at mm-hmm. the, the treacherous steps flat above the shop. Yep. It threw a lot of people. I've got to be honest here, and I don't mm. want to set you off this early, Kerry. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Hannah talking to Brian, and, they, <laughs> and they'd been at it in the office behind the printer. You're not the only person to have said that, Matthew. And wouldn't, wouldn't that have been hilarious? I hope that they weren't trying to sort of shock the audience. Oh, my God, they've ended up in bed together. Because I think it's been hugely writ large, hasn't it, that that's going to happen at some point. What, Hannah and Brian? Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't really surprised at all that Amy and Chris were shagging. It was just a very strange swerve from which crisps shall we buy? Uh, cheddar and onion or sea salt and black pepper, something like that. Well, that's that's the metaphor, isn't it? She said both flavours and um, that's what she got in the evening, wasn't it? Greedy cow. <laughs> She had a rewilding and then she went for a horseshoe boy <laughs> flavour. Yeah. When Rex and Chris were talking over that classic pork pie, mm. it was all a bit awkward, wasn't it? Because Rex was saying what he what he had planned mm-hmm. and Chris was doing that passive aggressive thing where he was trying to dis- tell Rex to not plan a big evening and not drive into Borsetshire. Yeah. But then there was that moment where... Rex was saying, you know, she's really funny and some of her messages are hilarious. And I thought Chris was just going to go, oh, not Amy Franks then. <laughs> must, yeah. be another, must be another Amy. <laughs> Thank <laughs> <fuck. I'm>, you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. The fact that Rex thinks Amy is funny is funny. Yeah. And impossible. You know, because bless Rex, he's, he's come across as a real, I don't know, a golden character at the moment for me. Um so for him to have such ill judgment on her humour was a bit disappointing. You know, even to the point where he, when he was in the shop, I think it must have been at the pork pie moment, he, you could hear him say, oh, put the change in the charity box, Jim. And you think, oh, what a lovely man. Yeah, it's a far cry from the uh, the social media keyboard warrior mm. that tried to bring, round da- bring down David and Ruth's business, wasn't it? Peter was in charge of the the Twitter during the week, wasn't he? Oh, Peter's yeah. not. Peter couldn't be with us today because we're doing Saturday morning record. We're both a bit bleary, aren't we? It's fair to say, Kerry. This morning, yeah, I've had a busy week because I was I've started a new job, and a few of the days I was up in London. So, and there was a bus replacement service, so it took about three hours to get to London and three hours back, which is why Peter was doing the um, tweet along during the week. Yeah, yeah, and he was he said words to the effect that Rex seems to be 
Saint Rex at the moment. Mm. What did you think of his uh, his wit in regards to the <laughs> the the visit from Stella to the cottage and the all the kind of occultish dead animals in the in the attic? Uh, bits of it were okay. You know, he's what did he say? If I t- was it him who said if I told you I'd have to kill you? Oh yeah, that's about his mysterious abode. Um, and the black magic stuff and Bert being into necromancy, which I, at first I mistook for necrophilia in my brain. I was thinking, <laughs> really? That hasn't been mentioned before. What did happen to Frida? Exactly. <laughs> um, but Pip doesn't ever seem to get jokes or sarcasm, does she? There are a couple of occasions where she went, really? He went, no, I'm joking, you silly bitch. <laughs> Pip doesn't get anything. And she was, no. I was saying to you that I was almost entirely sure that I was listening to her on the wrong speed. Definitely. Not only was there a huge tranche of Pip just wittering, but it felt very, very sped up as if, and I did tweet, you know, do sometimes they have to literally speed up the recording because they've put a few too many lines in and they need it to squash into the 15 minutes. It felt like that. It was very odd. Where is Rex going? Ambridge isn't a big place. Mm. How can his new abode be shrouded in so much mystery? Because yeah. there was some speculation for a while that it was going to be the flat above the shop, but now Chris isn't accepting mm. the Aldridge's offer of the cottage. Yeah. So that chain has broken. Yeah. So where is he going? Uh, well, more's the point. Where is he going where a Burt's Brass telescope will come in handy? <laughs> Because he said that, didn't he? As opposed to everything else, which he's throwing everything else in the bin, apparently. Apart from a coffee machine, which he's giving to Chris, was it? Well, he was giving it to Chris. Uh, And he's keeping a sandwich toaster, isn't he? Yes, because that will come in handy, did he say? No, the Burt's Brass Telescope. Oh, is that what's coming in handy? (laughs) It's all a bit odd, isn't it? He's giving away all his cookbooks. He's giving away, right, DVDs, I can understand. They're Mm. kind of defunct, aren't they? Mm. But, yeah, I thought it was very strange that Tracy's going to come around and grab the lot. Maybe he's going to live on a boat. Is there a houseboat on the Am? Not that I know of. I think he's he's going very zen and he's going to go and live in, in a yurt in spiritual home and have no possessions. Why is a telescope useful in a yurt? That's that's because... like a Christmas cracker joke. <laughs> <laughs> so he can spy on Kate f***ing up the rewilding from a distance. Ah, of course. Silly me. Yeah, that's the answer then. Where on earth can it be? I mean, I know on Sunday everyone's going to go, because oh, it's the housewarming, isn't it, on Sunday? Secret party. Secret party, and it's going to be awkward as f*** mm-hmm. because... Amy and Chris have got it on. Alice is going to be in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Is this going to tip Alice back over the edge? Has Amy completely... I mean, because Chris is very much of the opinion that they've done nothing wrong. Technically, he said, didn't he? Yeah, and there is that feeling. Normally, you know, everyone's mm. been there. You get out of a relationship, you have a dalliance with someone else, and you think, eh, a bit wrong, but at the same time you think, technically have done nothing wrong and that's exactly what Chris is thinking isn't it yeah but how many of you have done that when the other half is a recovering alcoholic who has your baby uh, you know and I'm it's and it's zero all times. very yeah exactly and it's all still a big fat mess 
Amy is too close to Alice for this to be okay at all. I think if Chris had just copped off with someone and had a bit of a rebound philandering moment, that might be different. But I I think this is highly dodgy. I do not approve of it whatsoever. Is it going to tip Alice back into addiction? Well, she's always addicted. Is it going to tip her back into the bottle. I think Alice is going to be more upset about Amy than the fact that Chris has shagged anybody. I don't think Alice will mind that Chris has been not unfaithful, but that he has, I don't know the right term, not even strayed, but you know, whatever, moved on sexually. I don't think that will bother her. It will be Amy being the person who's done it that might cause her upset. I'm just hoping this horrible one-upmanship that the two of them have over Martha doesn't stray into their sex lives as well. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, she blew a bubble earlier and said pop. And she's like, oh, she does that. And yeah, she does that a lot. Oh, okay. And, you know, it's going to be, you know, oh, Chris, uh, Chris did the double tongue and the swirl on me last night. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. He used to do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, that'd be quite good. I, I hope that does happen. Um, I just think, Amy's been naughty. Do you, are you fine with it, Matthew? I'm fine with it in as much as I can understand how things like that happen. And I'm doubly fine with it for the purposes of at least we have something a little bit juicy regarding Amy to get into. Because, I mean, earlier in the week, I thought she was going to start a relationship with Elvis. <laughs> at least she's got Chris now. No, I, I, I'm, mm. I'm fine with it morally. It's, you know, it's it's going to be as as Rex said in relation to Pitt when he was quoting Scott, wasn't he? What tangled webs we weave when mm. when we're out, yeah. out for deception. But no, I, I'm I'm happy it's happened. We need something for God's sake. If they're gonna have Amy in it, then give us something a bit uh, a bit saucy to be mm. dealing with in in relation to her character. By the way. Yeah. How minging does a banana cake with loads of frosting sound? I know. Well, that's Susan all over, isn't it, really? It's her kind of cake that she would make, I suppose. I'm a bit disappointed she's not going to go back to this idea of making faces of Martha biscuits that she did. <laughs> I've forgotten all about that. <laughs> when, Jenny was, when Jenny was forced to be like, so we'll be, we'll be eating her face, will we? <laughs> That was brilliant. I loved that. Oh, thank you for reminding me of it. Also, I've just realised Amy said that she she just because um, he went, well, you're the one who turned up at my door. Um, and she said, I thought we could have a chat. So that's a bloody lie, isn't it? What did she think she would be pissedly having a chat with Chris about? It's just this misplaced, not guilt, but she's gone on a date with the wrong person, essentially, mm. hasn't she? Because Alice forced her to. Yeah, and she's been forced into it by Alice, who is the ex of the guy who she's now making a booty call up the treacherous steps. Mm. It's uh, it's a mess. But, I think, quite... but, but very true to life, I think. Oh, yeah. It was quite ironic as well. I think Peter Balker pointed out that Alice chose Amy's outfit, you know, helped her choose the outfit in which she then shagged <laughs> her husband. Yeah. And given that Chris is a bit of a baby machine, is he going to get Alice up the duff? Alice? <laughs> Amy? Yes. Ah. That would be a Christmas baby, wouldn't it? Gosh. Yeah, that's a good thought. 
Or is Amy using contraception? Hmm. Interesting. Oh, baby Amy. God. Oh, also, she said, I've got nothing against one night stands. Is she actually meaning that she just wanted a one night stand and that's that? Why did she refer to it as in that way? He didn't want her to go, did he, in the morning? Yeah, he said, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I mean, the whole point of this is it's the flat above the shop. How the hell is she going to sneak out of there anyway without anyone seeing? I mean, Jim's on mm. permanently watching what's going on there. And God help them if Susan or anyone like that is passing. I mean, Susan's obviously going to try and keep it under her hat, but she won't, she won't keep quiet to Chris. Yeah, I don't think it was the next morning, though. I think it was immediately post-shag. Oh, do you? Yeah, so she's sort of sneaking out. You know, she was at the pub, went there. So it's probably about two in the morning, something like that. Mm, I got the impression, as it being a one-night stand, she was leaving in the morning. But yeah, that makes sense now if he was telling her not to go. Mm. Yeah, it's a big old mess, isn't it? Um, Yeah. But she said she can think of a hundred reasons why it wasn't a good idea. I was like, please don't list them, Amy. <laughs> Not in that bloody voice. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we'll see, won't we? Poor, poor Alice. Yeah, and poor Rex. Yeah, I don't know that Amy is right for him, though. I know, but he's going right, to give her a right old shitty review, isn't he? Because <laughs> he said he didn't, even, he didn't really fancy her. He was reticent about going, wasn't he? Hmm. But they did seem to have quite a nice time. Yeah, that, well, that's all down to Amy's sparkling wit, isn't it? Oh, God. Um, mm. One thing that Rex and Chris could agree on is they're both trying to dodge the draft for the cricket team. Oh, yes. Tracy's not having much luck, is she, this year with the, her campaign to resurrect Ambridge cricket team? She's got zero volunteers at the moment, hasn't she? Yeah, she tried to she tried to get Harrison, who now seems to have joined some weird cult that just go to the ball. <laughs> I mean, how how are you gonna sell the cricket team to him? You know, you dress in white, you listen to a despotic leader and you you apply to some antiquated doctrine. It's like or you could join the cricket team. <laughs> Excellent, Matthew. I think um it sounds awful to me that it's twice a week. And then it will ramp up more as the season approaches or the season gets going. Who wants to do anything extracurricular that often? What, like a podcast about the archers? (laughs) God forbid that we ever have to do it twice a week. (laughs) Jesus. They're all shitting in their britches because of Lee's boot camp routine (laughs) a couple of years ago. They don't want to, they don't want to return to that. Mm. And apparently Tracy's going to be doing video analysis post-match so they're going to have to watch everything that they did wrong and yeah how did she try to to woo chris she was going to make him top of the order wasn't she oh god that's not very good wooing is it no i i mean i want cricket in the archers i want it on a sunday episode with a bit of bit of cricket chat um bit of you know clapping in the background at the pavilion but i don't they're obviously going to get a team together, aren't they? It's going yeah. to be it's going to be a, a red herring that she can't get any of this team, and it's going to be like Field of Dreams. They're all going <laughs> to. Well, I don't. I don't mean literally. I don't think like you know, 
Bert and people like that are going to come back as ghosts and play for the team. <laughs> now that I would listen to. <laughs> yeah, that would be yes. good. Yes. People coming from beyond the grave to, to give Darrington a right good kicking. Yeah, it, it did. My heart did sink where she said, you know, if Linda can muster up the mysteries, then I can form the Ambridge Cricket Club team thing. Um, I'm not interested at all. Yeah, like you say, I, if there was a match every now and again and you heard the rippling applause and a bit of a tea in the cricket pavilion, I can cope with that, but not weeks and weeks of nets and training and people reluctantly being told they have to go and, you know, no, 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 please no. No, and they they did kind of milk the, it was pre-lockdown, wasn't it? But the the cricket story, it did. Harrison, lo- Harrison lost the captaincy in the monologues, didn't he? Mm, yeah, he did. Yeah, I always enjoyed that, but this idea that... As I said, I think it's going to be, mm. it's a false flag, isn't it? They're going to say that she can't get the team together and then they're all going to, they're all going to appear kind of top gun, you know, I'll play for you anytime, Tracy. And then they'll all come out at the last minute and then lose horrifically because they've done no training <laughs> and they're all fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Harrison's basically, you know, he's got pages of the Bible pinned to him running around. <laughs> it's going to be a disaster, but, uh, you know, I'm here for it. I'm not. You can be there for it and I won't pay any attention. So, yeah, the the, the cricket team doesn't seem to be happening. Tracy, um, Tracy is now down to just a pair of leggings wandering around the house mm. uh, because Alice called in a favour and got the boiler fixed. Yeah, she became very handy, didn't she? She knew exactly which bit of the pump thing it was that was, wasn't working and squirting water out and stuff. Couldn't fix it herself, but called a favour in. I was thinking, who is this person from Price Bauman? Who is Mr. Boiler? And what what had he done? No, what she done for him in the past? Uh, she was very glad that this kind of um, demonstrated that Jazza had forgiven her and that they're they're matey. And he said he wanted to thank her with a a, a thank you fry up, which sounds brilliant to me. A jazzer, thank you, fry up. Yes, please. Yeah, he had to try and sell that to Tracy, didn't he? But she went for it in the end. She thought that would be beneath Alice chips at their house or whatever, didn't she? Um, I don't think Alice would have poo-pooed that. No, I think Tracy's a little bit uh, prickly around Alice because of Chris, isn't she? Or our yeah. Chris, as she was referring to him. Mm. So there was a circling of the wagons there yeah. a little bit. But, you know, Jazzo, yeah, he he offers fry-ups, he offers builder's tea. Uh, he also took Tracy to the bull for a plate of chips, did he? Yeah, I thought that was very good acting whilst eating chips by Tracy. You know, it actually <laughs> sounded like she was eating chips. I don't know if she actually was. I might have to ask Susie Rids if she put some oven chips in while she was reading those lines. Oh, Susie's pure method, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she got a plate of hot chips and she was noshing, noshing them back as she was going. Mm. Um, but, yeah, there was it all got a bit sexy between Jazza and Tracy as well, didn't it? The fact yeah. that she's going she's gonna to strip off the layers for him now, now that the, the house is a bit warmer. Mm. we got the cricket team failing to launch. Mm-hmm. Tracy and Jazza are... Back to their warm, cuddly selves. Pip is weird. <laughs> and Pip is weird. Yeah, 
<laughs> Pip is very shrieky and very weird. Um, I didn't really, when she was trying to describe, you know, I was I was really horrible as a child. You know, it's hard to imagine. It's like, it's not Pip, really. Yeah, I know. She said, I wasn't evil all the time. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> nice. And her favourite game was washing up. I thought, it sounds really shit at your house as a child. She spent hours washing up. And uh, then Stella made some joke about, oh, did Ruth and David like set you tidying competitions? And she went, yeah, actually, they did. <laughs> I know. There must have been nothing to do in that house. How awful. Terrible parents. I mean, even now, she said she gets up early in the morning just to argue with, with her dad <laughs> about herd expansion and That's nice. And milking parlours. I mean, you know, and then but apparently then the sun comes up and it makes it all worth it. I don't think I'm on the same page as you. You're not you're not selling agricultural lifestyle to anyone here. No. Which I think, but I mean, not that there's anything, not that there's any openings in in farming, because Neil and the returning Hannah saying they just file CV after CV after CV because there's nothing, nothing available in the sector. Yeah. Um, so Hannah's back. I was I was happy to have Neil back, even yeah. though it was all quite grim. Elephant in the room. They're slaughtering animals because there's no actual process to slaughter them. Is it? I think. I think pig units are shutting down left, right and centre around the country because I I saw on Twitter that um, China, who bought a lot of British pork, are no longer buying pork. And that's a lot of pork. So they're... Um... I'm sure you could step in, Kerry. <laughs> yeah, I could help out. A few spare ribs. Fine. <laughs> um, Neil said didn't he that he he was worrying this is all before the brian thing happened that the same fate might um come to barrow that they're because they're slaughtering pigs for sort of no reason really aren't they it's re- it does sound awful however then um who was it who said i oh, i think it was yeah justin boo said that the pigs are literally eating his money i thought well no <laughs> you're not doing very well in that business yeah. Sounds like a stupid idea. Yeah, stop throwing your wallet in the arcs, you daft twat. <laughs> uh, did you notice the George Orwell references? I did. There was the mm. pig revolution and the padlock yeah. code. Yes. Yeah. What are they doing to us, the script writers? I don't know. But, well, we spotted it. Good spot, Kerry. I, was, uh, yeah. I got it on the second time around. Well, I heard pig revolution, but then I wasn't wasn't particularly... I mean, they have codes for everything in that office, didn't they? Brian needed the code for the printer to yeah. link to his laptop. Brian accidentally on purpose, leaving the closure of Barrow document in the printer for Hannah to find. Yeah, I, well, that was fabulous, wasn't it? Now that you found out accidentally. <laughs> yeah, he was, she was like, oh. So my entire livelihood is going up in smoke. And he's like, yes, that was callous. Anyway, bye. I know. He just buggered off, didn't he? And then Neil phoned, bless him, from rainy Cotswolds, where he's staying in a lovely pub that has open fires and homemade pies. I thought he should have just, you might as well have stayed at home. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, that's their honeymoon, isn't it? No, not their honeymoon. honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> their 38th anniversary. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, you know, it's a Saturday morning. I'm all over the place. Oh, I'm, norm- I'm, I'm normally in a room full of kids at this time. So uh, How lovely um, that you're not. I know, I know. I, I, well, I mean, one th- there's only so much 
time you can spend during one week being asked by 10 year olds if you think world war three is going to happen so i'm happy mm. to have a happy to have a saturday yeah, off. i've been meaning to ask you that myself Matthew. <laughs> um i'm much more well you know i just, as i said to them look just put it this way we're not going to be doing future tenses this semester oh <laughs> that's yeah. depressing isn't it so neil and susan they've gone off for their anniversary yeah to the Cotswolds like you said they should have just stayed at home I mean going to the Cotswolds is always a mixed bag you either end up in Chipping Norton with with all the Tories or you end up at some yogic jumping farm with a bunch of wrongins so you know (laughs) gotta watch your step never been there Neil um bought her a barrel pendant and I thought he said barrow pendant I I thought he bought I thought it was a barrow pendant it's taking like work home with you to an extreme that really isn't it and Beryl, I didn't actually realise, because obviously Beryl is a name, Beryl Reed and other Beryls are available. I didn't really realise that Beryl was a, a gemstone, a mineral. Yeah, I had absolutely no idea. I genuinely thought he'd got her like a Beryl, a BL, <laughs> um, you know, Borsitraland mm. pendant and gave, given it to her with her initials. Made of pig skin. <laughs> A lot of speculation as to whether it was a different actress playing Hannah. I'm pretty sure it's the same one, though. I, I didn't do too much digging on that. Yeah, I mean, she's changed her personality, hasn't she? So maybe that's why people were speculating. I'm not sure whether it is or isn't the same person. But she's become a lot nicer, hasn't she? I think COVID, the past couple of years, she said, and her mother's dementia has maybe given her a more generous perspective on life and Neil for example he she called him a very wise man and he really laughed that that was the nicest thing she'd ever called him or something um so yeah they were bonding quite a bit weren't they yeah I think it's it's good just as balance to have her back because she gets mentioned so Mm. much between conversations Mm -hmm. between Neil Brian and Jazza that it was becoming a little bit unnatural that Every time they were chatting, she was like pinning down a pig arc or putting straw down. You know, it's, it's, she has she has to come out at some point and talk. Yeah. So, yeah, she she's back. Um, I think she is going to be uh, orbiting around this Barrow story. Mm. It's going to come to nothing, is it? I don't th- I don't think. I mean, Neil's in all his time as a pig man. He said he's never seen anything like this i think it's yeah they have to go for the realism of the story about what's affecting the industry but i think in the end of the day it's going to be saved i think yeah what will happen is that brian will call the emergency board meeting where he will expose justin for the horrendous individual that he is i'm really looking forward to that that's going to be in a couple of weeks isn't it i think um and yeah, Justin might throw his toys out of the pram because he's threatening to take money out of, um, well, he might even just leave BL himself, might he? It's uncannily good timing, isn't it, mm. that you've got a plutocrat threatening to throw all his toys out of the pram and go <laughs> nuclear and wreck <laughs> wreck all that we know and love. But, uh, yeah, I th- where does Stella fit in? to all of this because there is an idea that Stella is a, a Justin plant yes that's right so which maybe she will come good at the emergency board meeting and side with our Brian 
So she's effectively going to be Darth Vader throwing the Emperor down the shaft in the Death yeah. Star at the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, because she's just, well, she's just securing her bungalow, isn't she? With the view of the river and the, you know, the dead birds in the attic. <laughs> and stuffed Frida, which she hasn't found yet. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so she's settling in, isn't she? And I don't think she'll want much to rock her world and shatter it, which Justin might well be about to do. Because there was mm. that strange lunch that she had with Justin, mm. which he kept from Lillian, didn't he? I yeah. don't think anyone knows that they still went. And then, then they had a BL meeting where she she stood up to Justin in the meeting, mm. but it's still not sure if that was posturing and whether that was genuine or not. So Brian is Ukraine, Stella is NATO, <laughs> and <laughs> exactly. Justin is Putin. Yes, yes. Yeah. Their, their name even ends in tin, so... Well, I mean, with that level of analysis... <laughs> um... <laughs> Peter's tearing his hair out at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I want to know, as a total swerve and an aside, what the hell non-salted carrot corn crisps are. They sound awful. That's what you eat just before you have a banana cake with extra frosting. (laughs) What the the hell do they eat in that house growing up? I I did Google them. Oh, did you? What, the corn crisps? Yeah, they, I couldn't find non-salted, but I found carrot crisps. They look absolutely minging. Because Chris described them. I mean, no one would say, oh, you know, she's having a mare with her non-salted carrot corn crisps. You'd just say crisps, wouldn't you? Is it to show that he cares about her not having salt and only having vegetables and... I don't know, but they were they were obviously so shit. By the time Alice rocked up, she was eating grass. <laughs> yes, Martha had ditched the crisps on the floor and Elvis ate them. <laughs> if anyone's just tuning into this podcast and knows nothing about the archers. You know. <laughs> Elvis ate, ate the crisps off the floor. I mean, to be honest with you, from his dietary habits, he probably would do exactly that, wouldn't he, Elvis? <laughs> <laughs> He certainly wouldn't be eating grass, would he? No, smoked probably loads of it, I would think. There was very little movement, I think. But yeah, boo, boo, boo to Justin, how he sort of said, oh, forget Brian Aldridge, we need to get out. I, I literally booed at the radio at that point. Yeah, this idea that we shouldn't listen to a farmer. Mm. And then Brian's saying, well, that's exactly why you should listen to me. Yeah. I mean, Martin is, I thought, in terms of how Martin Gibson normally is, he was a little bit better in this episode. Yeah, rather he he didn't he didn't come as the uh, the smiling assassin. He just basically mm. said, "Look, Justin's going to do this, yeah, or he's threatening to do this." And I think you know, and he does make good points. And Brian was like, "Well, I, I I'm just wondering what Brian's <laughs> what Brian's presentation is going to be. You think he's going to bring Justin down? I'm having more visions of that scene in Father Ted when they're all on the plane, and the guy doesn't realise they had to write down why they should get the last parachute, and he just draws a picture of himself walking a dog in the nip. And they're like, "Well, why why does that give you the parachute?" And he's like, "What do you mean parachute?" <laughs> I know because Martin. It was nice that Martin said took him for a pint at the bull and had a man-to-man chat didn't he about you know warned him about the bombshell um and the point like you've just said is that justin has data and brian just has promises 
But the thing about Brian's promises is they're far more sexy than any data. <laughs> they'll, they'll sort of, I just think he will come good. Yeah, that sounds bad. <laughs> that was a right old, you know. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. I just think, I, it, it, I'm hoping for a, re- a really rousing Brian performance. Oh, is it, and this is getting worse, Kerry. <laughs> is, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. You know what I mean, though. I just think I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about Brian in the boardroom just being magnificent. That's what I, I, that's what I want. Yeah, I mean, in terms of in terms of Barrow actually closing, I don't mm. think I'm that emotionally invested in it. I just don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think it, it, they'll allow it to happen in the storyline. What does yeah. Neil do if Barrow closes? Mm. What does Brian do? I mean, we're only... We're only about two months out from Susan telling Mike just how successful Neil is with all his responsibilities at Barrow. <laughs> so yeah. for it to have gone down the plug hole so swiftly mm. is a little bit odd. But yeah. yeah, but Neil's being very sanguine about it, isn't he? He's just, you know, I'm going to take each day and each week as it comes. I'll do my best and... Anything above that? What did he say? It was above his pay grade, you know. So yes, control the controllables, do your bit. He's not in a flap, is he, at this point? Which is a bit unnerving, really. <laughs> I, I like. I'm. I'm quite um, touched by this idea that Neil doesn't think about anything at night. I've got this idea that he just sits <laughs> in the chair after eating a lasagna and just stares blankly at the wall for five hours, and then goes, All "Right, time for bed." Yeah, I can picture that. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah. So Stella's moving into the bungalow. Barrow's gone tits up. Rex is still single. He was he was described as the most eligible bachelor, wasn't he? Was he? I must have missed that. Mm. Yeah. A mm. uh, bit depressing. <laughs> I reckon he's going to hit it off with this woman that's got a chain of meat counters in Delicatessens. Oh, we've, yeah. We've yet to meet. Yeah, good shout. He sounded quite excited by that, didn't he? Yeah, because there's, I mean, there's a lot of speculation with Rex, isn't it? Is he gonna? Is it gonna be Kirsty? Is it gonna be Lily? Now, is it gonna be Amy? You know, it's just mm. can't he just be a single guy in Ambridge without everyone mm. trying to climb up on him? It seems very odd, or everyone trying to set him up. Yeah, I know. Or maybe he could be with Alice, like next Monday, and <laughs> really stir things up. That, yeah, yeah, I'd be up for that. Mm, at his party. Yeah. Just start shagging Alice at the party. <laughs> what's what's the predictions of what's going to happen on Sunday at that party, do you think? Uh, Amy will be weird. Amy and Chris will be odd, won't they? And people will t- be able to tell something's happened because Chris will still be wearing her tights and bra or something. There, <laughs> <laughs> there was... I did see a kind of a time-space continuum argument mm. that maybe we were hearing a flashback. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That can't... I mean, you'd need harp music to lead everyone into that, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, I everyone don't... would have to sort of do that wavy thing, wouldn't they, where it all goes all <laughs> swirly. Uh, no, I don't think it was that. I mean, it, it was very strange, the edit. And I think di- directorially, it would have been better to have ended that episode with just... Amy knocking on Chris's door and him opening the door and her saying, hi, Chris. 
I'd really like a chat and just be the insinuation being she's go- going in there for some action. Mm. Something like that. Some Someone made a really good point that that weird chopped into scene would have, it sounded like the beginning of the Friday episode. It should have been the beginning of a, of a non-existent Friday episode. Well, it's, you know, you were, I think it was a little bit in jest when you were saying that they had to shoehorn loads of pit lines into one, um, mm. one piece of dialogue. But there was something off this week about the editing of it. The other thing that I thought was really strange was they managed to reference the storm, the really bad stormy weather, several times. They did. That was on Wednesdays, wasn't it? I noticed that. Yeah. Rex, or no, it was Chris said it, didn't he? About on, and that was good because I missed the storm. Yeah. And, and we were led to believe that normally, I meant to ask, when we've had people on from the show, I've meant to ask what is the turnaround now between record and yeah broadcast. When they came back out of lockdown, it was three months, wasn't it? It is. It's quite a long turnaround. Like it's weeks and weeks before they actually are broadcast. However, they do do topical inserts from time to time. Yeah, I felt they did that this week. Yeah, so they'll like if England won, I don't know, the World Cup or something. If World War Three broke out. Yeah, yeah. So next week it'll be all about Putin. But they do do that. Yeah. So yeah, perhaps they did. Just joking, Vlad. If you're listening, obviously. <laughs> Please don't come to Porto to see the cathedrals. Oh dear, oh dear. What is he doing? He's mm. gone mad, hasn't he? Yes. Or more mad. So they definitely do put things in. Mm. And I thought that they did that this week with the storm. And funnily enough, I think okay, well, no, the pig story is too big, isn't it? I think that has to be part of the, the main storyline. But I feel like that was getting inserted as well. Yeah, the 1984 stuff. Maybe they just recorded all of these episodes last week or something. Yeah. <laughs> on, live on the day. <laughs> yeah, there was something strange about it. Hmm. All right, Kerry, um, yeah. what have you got planned for the rest of the weekend? What time's the Knackerman coming? <laughs> oh, oh, if only there was a Knackerman coming. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to watch Leeds v Spurs at half 12. So that's nice. We've timed this nicely. It's now midday. Uh, Leeds got Leeds... a pasting, didn't they? Yeah, a bit, just a bit, 6-0 or something. <laughs> well, they, yeah, 6-0 to Liverpool. They had a bit of an old-fashioned scrap with Man United, didn't they? where they came back and then... Mm. Yeah, a bit of football. I've got a very busy week and a very early start on Monday. Um, So it'll be a relaxing weekend, actually. Oh, I I meant to say, someone on Twitter really had a go at us about the fact that we've been, in the past, dissing veganism and vegetarianism, which I can't really remember. I mean, we go on about meat quite a bit, but I can't remember us actually dissing vegans and vegetarians ever i'm wondering if i dissed them in my little cotswolds rant earlier but i don't think so i don't think so i mean brian did this week didn't he, he said um well the lasagna, the leftover lasagna is vegetarian i'm afraid but i don't think we've ever done that anyway i just wanted to say you know my job is actually to do with a plant-based food company so that person who was telling us off um i do actually have some sort of background veggie leanings i do yeah which is i know it's ironic and and unfathomable but it's true 
I wouldn't say we were we were anti-vegetarianism and veganism. We might just be a little bit pro-meat. Yeah. So I just wanted to quash those, um, or squash, butternut squash, those uh, rumours. <laughs> mm. Incredible, Kerry. Good work. <laughs> um, if anyone does want to have a go at you about yeah. your, about your um, thoughts on veganism, vegetarianism mm. and um, carnivorous diets. How would yeah. they get in touch on Twitter? Yes, on Twitter, we're at the Cider Shed pod. So please join in the, the tweet along there or, you know, any old day. You don't have to do it just when the Archers is on. We get, we've got lots of traffic that's very funny. So please join in. It's great. Yeah, I, I got a wrap across the nus- knuckles la- and the nussels. <laughs> <laughs> Pay extra for that. Um, I got a wrap across the knuckles on Twitter last night for using the Archer's hashtag on a Friday to just describe that I was about to start re-listening to the episodes from uh, from Pipsqueak on Twitter. Who's oh, uh, yeah? But there you go. All right, You've, your uh, your pedantry has earned you a mention on the podcast, <laughs> Pip. So there you go. Oh, he's lovely, Owen. That is hello, Owen. So if you want to have a pop at me um, uh, on Instagram, mm. it's the same as Twitter, at the Cider Shed Pod. And I also uh, tend to the Facebook group, which is the Cider Shed Podcast. And if you want to drop Peter, generally, who it, who handles the email, it's hello at the com. So we've been pulling up a few of our reviews and we're posting them on our Instagram and Twitter. There's more of those to come. If you want to be part of the the whole love in there, just go to iTunes, generally where the best place uh, the best place you can leave a review and leave a five-star review. Leave a little worded um, review in the, like a comment and we will put you in lights as well on our Instagram and our Twitter. Yeah, we had a lovely clutch of five-star reviews with comments last week so thank you to you um beautiful listeners um there was one very lengthy one from mrs bentos so big up mrs bentos thank you yeah absolutely uh yeah and it's i'm really quite touched and uh it really floats my boat that we've got people that are listening to us that don't listen to the archers that's really i I know i've mentioned it before but i'm really uh i really like that i think it's uh i'm not sure if jumping the shark is the right expression (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to use it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you ever so much, everybody. I think Peter will be back next week, we think. he He's enjoyed a lazy, lovely Saturday today. Yeah, pity him because he's going to have to edit this mess. Oh, yeah. It's not quite lazy, is it? So <laughs> Sorry, it, Peter. You're actually no, editing this afternoon. <laughs> yeah. So I hope you've all enjoyed this five-minute podcast with me and Kerry. <laughs> and, yes, we'll see you all next week. See ya. Bye. Hang on.